0: the innovative tool that helps turn your shipping challenges into opportunities for growth. Go to ShipStation.com and use code CARA to sign up for your free 60-day trial. That's ShipStation.com, code Kara. Use code Kara for a free 60-day trial. That's ShipStation.com, promo code CARA.
1: People have this, this idea that They'd rather put their head down and do the work than talk about it, but talking about your work is an essential part of work. You gotta pick yourself up.
0: I believe that at its core, leadership is about constantly learning from the people around you, and I'm so inspired by the conversations we're having in our upcoming episodes and can't wait to share them with you. This season, some of my guests include Rebecca Minkoff, fashion designer and founder of the Female Founder Collective, Diana Kaff, author of Girls Who Run the World, Andrew Dudham, founder of HIMS, and Eugene Rem, co-founder of Rumble Fitness, and much, much more. Plus, we ask the million-dollar question, what does it really take to be unstoppable? Let's find out. Everybody, it's Kara at Unstoppable, and I'm so so excited to have Meredith Feynman here.
1: Hi, Meredith. Hi. It's so lovely to see you. I and I guess if you're watching this video, seeing all of you. But yeah, I haven't seen you in a minute, and it's lovely to see your long red hair and I know. face. So, where are you right now? I am in my apartment in Washington D.C. It's a very nice
0: apartment, actually. I'm I'm excited to have video here where I can see I you. In my the background. It's very beautiful. Well, Meredith, as maybe you could tell, I've known Meredith for a little while. We're both part of this incredible group run by two women, Rachel and Glynis. It's called The List. And we met on The List, I don't know, probably four or five years ago,
1: I'm guessing. I think longer. I would have to look into our emails, but it's been a minute. Like, I've known you for a minute. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's super, super fun. So, anyway, a little bit about Meredith. So, Meredith is an entrepreneur, a writer, and media expert. She's the founder of a group called Fine Point, which is this incredible group about leadership and professional development. And basically, looking at individuals, mostly working with CEOs and senior leadership, founders, and women in positions on how to actually speak more about you and your company. We'll talk a little bit more about Brag Better as well. But she's done lots of amazing stuff with Harvard Business Review, Forbes, Fast Company, and Elle. So you may recognize her name. She also runs workshops that you should definitely, we'll talk about where to find Meredith, but you should definitely check out her workshops because they're super, super helpful. And now we're here today to talk about this new incredible book that's coming out in June called Brad Better. And I'm so excited to have her here. So let's just talk just for a few minutes about, so first of all, fine point, like how did you get started? How did you decide to sort
1: of jump in to actually founding this group? Thank you for that beautiful windup. I, I didn't. A lot of people ask me, they're like, oh, your business plan, whatever. Oh, boy. I am a millennial who graduated at the height of the recession in 2009. I lived in South America, in Argentina, working in advertising at Young and Rubicam for uh, almost a year and a half. And then I came back to Washington, D.C., where I'm from, and lasted about five months working at an agency and I'd always, I've been a freelance writer since I was about 18 years old. I've always had varying side hustles. So I left my job without having another job, which in retrospect was only something who someone who was like, you know, 23 and clueless, you know, would do. I had just a lot of balls and I was always writing on the side and throwing parties and doing stuff. And so I started fine point now about like nine-ish, nine plus years ago. And I was doing more digital strategy. And then I became more of a public relations person, PR person people would hire. And I was always developing my own writing and speaking and television and stuff like that. And I I became the go-to for individual representation, which meant that People in positions of power or just people that want to make names for themselves would come to me. And so I took fine point from more of a PR firm company to a leadership and professional development one, which is to say that, you know, I help teach people how to be out there, whether that means they want, you know, a corporate board seat or they want actual praise you know, very outwardly, whether it's speaking gigs or television, or whether it's within a company. Um, and I, you know, will train people in a company about asking for what they want, talking about their work. So when I was representing individuals, I started to realize that nobody knew how to talk about themselves and, or how to tout their work. And that was especially difficult for women. And so in 2013, I started speaking and training on bragging and why touting your accomplishments is essential. And, Brag Better is not only for women. My demographic is what I call the qualified quiet, which are people that have done the work but don't know how to talk about it. So that's irrespective of gender, race, sexual identity, and at irrespective of point in career. So I wrote this book. I've been working on this concept since about 2013. It's out June 16th, 2020 with Portfolio, at Penguin Random House. And it's all about how to use PR to leverage you know, the skills of publicists, to tout your work and ask for what you want and get recognition and recognition can mean very different things for people, but to advance your, your career more or less.
0: You talked. To- How often have you thought about learning a new language only to be stopped by that memory of yours from the last time you tried to learn a language when it didn't go so well? Okay, maybe it wasn't a language that you were interested in learning or perhaps all those poorly written textbooks in your sixth grade class weren't that well written after all. I have a great tip for you. It's called Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program around. Available on desktop or app, no matter where you choose to learn it or what platform you choose to learn on, Rosetta Stone works and it truly immerses you in the language you choose to learn quicker and easier than you ever imagined to. Maybe you're getting ready to travel abroad this summer and you want to learn a bit of Portuguese, let's say, before your trip. Rosetta Stone can help. I know this firsthand as I did just this before traveling to Portugal last year. I learned Portuguese through Rosetta Stone, and by doing so, I not only got a better grasp of the spoken language of Portugal, but it got me very excited for the trip itself before I went. They even have a true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation as you are learning, too. They've got you covered. Rosetta Stone's trusted experts are the real deal. They've been helping people just like you for over 30 years, helping millions of people to learn Spanish, French, Italian, German, Korean, Chinese, Japanese, Dutch, Arabic, Polish, and my favorite, Portuguese. The lessons are five to 10 minutes long and include practical exercises so that you can pick up the language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. No English translations either, so you really learn to speak, listen, and think in the language you are focused on, helping you get the long-term retention you are looking for. And who wouldn't want that? Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, the Kara Golden Show listeners In today's world, which I will admit can at times seem filled with too much of the wrong information, it's essential to find a good source that truly gets to the heart of what I want to know. I am super excited about our next sponsor, as I've been a big fan of their content for some time now. That sponsor is The Washington Post. Their depth on topics from business to tech isn't just impressive. It's essential reading for me. Whether I'm catching up on the latest tech trends or understanding how the day's news truly impacts my family, the Washington Post is my trusted source. Let's talk specifics. Their business and tech coverage, absolutely top-notch. Just imagine having the most insightful articles at your fingertips, including the unparalleled AI reporting from Drew Harwell or the pulse on tech and online culture from Taylor Lorenz. And the best part, you can listen to articles just like you listen to this podcast, making it perfect for your busy lifestyle. I was just reading an article from one of my favorite Washington Post writers, Frances Stead Sellers. She covers entrepreneurs like myself, but also covers other interesting topics, including health, as well as some very interesting books. to subscribe for just 50 cents per week for your first year. That's 80% off their typical offer. So this is truly a steal. Once again, that's WashingtonPost.com backslash Kara Golden to subscribe for just 50 cents per week for your first year. A little bit about that this is not just for women, it's also for men, but let's talk about women for a minute. Why do you think women have an issue actually talking about themselves?
1: Yeah, I mean, so I was before I started to do this, it was something I noticed when I was representing women in particular, but also I was watching the trajectory. So I'd have really young women that wanted to intern or work for me that had trouble, you know, touting and bragging about their past background. And then I'd be in networking situations with friends or colleagues, you know, contemporaries rather, and I'd hop in and play publicist. And then it was just, I was seeing it at the very, very high level where, you know, nobody could brag about what they'd done, own their accomplishments, say, you know, I did this, I did that. And, you know, my thing is that bragging is about stating true facts, but it's a systemic problem that comes from, you know, the oppression and suppression of women's voices, women, you know, being in more positions of power than ever and the difficulties that come with being a woman in public, being judged on metrics that men are not positive attributes being associated with passive behaviors, particularly around voice. I mean, in the book I talk about how like, you know, in the Odyssey there's there's references to women shutting up. So it was it's this message of be quiet and shut up. And, you know, women also either giving credit to other people or, you know, we don't have a lot of role models for this. We didn't, we don't have a vocabulary to talk positively about professional accomplishment, which is what Brag Better is, is that vocabulary that I've worked on and refined through exercises and being a writer and finding those words. But it's it's of zero surprise to me that this is difficult for women. I mean, people tell you to shut up, people tell you to do things in a million different contradictory ways. You're policed from your voice to your ankles, as I'm sure Kara, like you can attest to. And putting yourself out there is really scary and there's real danger to being a woman in public, like actual physical danger. And and we don't have, you know, the right words for it and the skills for it. And so that's what what Brag Better aims to do for all of the qualified quiet, but specifically for women. And it's, it's hard to be listened to as a woman. We listen to the default you know, voices of men, literally, you know, a lot of scientific research. And so it's certainly not about getting men to shut up. I always want to be very, very clear about that. It's about getting men to echo the sentiments of women and voices of women and just everyone who's in a position of power and privilege to pass the mic to someone that, whose voice we might not. Here, a huge part of bragging better is also uplifting the voices of everyone around you because there's space for everyone yeah
0: absolutely I feel like when when people are talking about their accomplishments so often they talk about where they worked mm-hmm. right that that is like a go-to like oh well I was you know had I was the founder of this or I was the VP of this or whatever And I feel like that's not even necessarily what people like are looking for out of that kind of question when they ask you, what have you accomplished? How do you help people kind of drill down on what those pieces are? Like, how do they, you know, if you're sitting at home and trying to figure out, I mean, in some ways, like, I feel like it's a, it's not just about your resume, It's really about what have you accomplished, right?
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And I want to be clear too that, you don't have to have founded a company to be able to brag. Like mm-hmm. it's never about reinventing the wheel. I say this with my clients and I say it in the book, I say it to everyone, everyone has things to brag about. It's not the what, it's the how you're delivering it. And so one thing too is, you know, you have to tell people what you want. You've tell people who you are over and over and over again in order to, you know, advance to whatever you're trying to do. But sharing those accomplishments humans grasp storytelling and your energy and what you're excited about. So when you're making an introduction, I talk a lot about the importance of introductions and saying, you know, oh, as a VP at X, Y, and Z, or you could say, oh, I was a VP at X, Y, and Z and I led this big team and we just did this awesome project. Like if you're excited about it, then other people can also, you know, if, if you're excited and you're bragging about what you've done, then other people can latch onto it and support you also. And yeah, I mean, titles and, Certain workplaces mean so many different things to so many different people. So talking about some of the things you've accomplished that you're proud of, but also that other people are able to understand. I mean, I think that's one thing that publicists do and other communications people is help sort of translate people's specialties and areas of expertise into things that anyone can grasp onto that, you know, if you're bragging, can, you know, this book is for professional use, but you know there are a lot of personal applications and it's just about being proud of what you've done and realizing what you've done is enough and worthy of sharing and praise. So do you think that
0: when people are reading this, my take is it's not just about what you can say about yourself, but what you can get your publicist to say about you, what you can get, is that accurate? I mean, it's not just about
1: well, so yeah, bragging better is about being able to talk positively about what the work you've done, but also mm-hmm. being able to talk positively about the work of those around you. Mm-hmm. And a lot of this stems from also being in and around the media for a really long time are really intense inverse relationship between volume and merit. And so we reward loud and as much as i'd like to be optimistic and say that we can get the loud people to be quiet and listen i just don't think that's going to happen i think it's a matter of getting that qualified quiet to start talking and it's scary and it's uncomfortable and you're worried people are going to call you obnoxious and you know i've i've worked on this this idea for almost a decade like i understand what that means and why it's scary but it's also if you don't tell people what you do like it's it's a huge part of doing the work people have this this idea that they'd rather put their head down and do the work than talk about it. But talking about your work is an essential part of work. I mean, Kara, you know, with the brands that you run, like, you know, you do a tremendous amount of work, but it's also how you talk about them and package them like literally or, you know, figuratively in in showing people what you've accomplished. in totally. and, and so I think that you know, at, at a sheer baseline, I care that we get better experts, particularly in media. And I, I'm sure if you're listening to this, no matter what industry you're in, you can probably think to yourself that you can think of someone in your subject area or your industry that gets all the praise, but is certainly either you've done more or you know more. And, and I think that you know, people are worried about either bragging too much or being. I think that what the delineation there is really the self-awareness to be worried about those sorts of things. I just want everyone to to start talking. If you know this stuff, I think in a year like 2020, in an election year, it's it's really also somewhat civic responsibility to. to if you know the stuff and have done the work, please start talking about it so that other people can be inspired and learn from you.
0: Well, I think, you know, as you and I were talking as we were getting on this podcast, we're actually, we're taping it in the midst of the corona crisis right now. And I think that there's no better time to start thinking about, like, how do people actually talk about what they've accomplished? Because I've even talked to some people who you know, have not lost their job but are actually thinking about through this break that maybe they want to go out and do something else. So as you start thinking about what are all the things that you've accomplished, I think it's not just about what are the things that you've accomplished that you don't like, but that you also like allow you to really view like what you ultimately want to do. So I think there's no better time for this as well.
1: I hope so. I really hope so. I mean, who on earth can I swear on this podcast? Yes, 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 yes. Oh, who could have fucking predicted this? You know, I mean, you know, virologists or whatever will be like we did. But for us lay people that don't study viruses, yeah, I so my book was was postponed by a month. I'm thrilled it's coming out June 16th. You know, we just made the best choice and I I you know, my publisher has been incredible. It's a totally unprecedented time. It's a really scary time. And maybe this idea that I'm asking you to do something scary on top of a scary time, either maybe they'll cancel themselves out or you'll just do it anyway. But, you know, we live in a really really uncertain time. I'm writing an extra chapter on how to brag better from home and how to brag better online, which will be free. And that will be released before the book comes out as soon as I finish it. And it will be, you know, all of that will be readily available in any place you can find me, which we'll obviously get to later. But I really wanted that because I was like, oh, oh no, like now people really need to communicate their value in their work cuz you also can't get in front of someone's face. I mean, you and I are doing this over the Zoom because also we live on opposite coasts, but so much of work or business is being able to be with people that it's totally you're going to have to be even more more outspoken about the work that you've done and and also because I mean, I am insanely fortunate and and privileged in and be able to stay at home and all of those things, but you know, the nature of work is, is going to shift. And and so more than ever, you have to tell people what you need and what you want professionally in, in such a time of uncertainty as well.
0: It's really interesting topic too, because like, how do you do that through, you know, this mm-hmm. this new world? I mean, whether it's, you know, I guess Zoom is one aspect of it, but I'm also thinking about you know, how do you show up on LinkedIn? How do you show up on Twitter? How do you, I mean, all of these different, you know, social media platforms, and do you need to show up on all of them either? I mean, I think that's like, that's a whole other topic, but how do you present yourself, right? Because I think in so many places, it's not about what your title is, it's really about, can people relate to you? Can people, you know, sort of hear you through these platforms like Yeah,
1: titles and I t- I talk about this in the book. Titles mean nothing because especially since we're in an economy where so many people do their own thing, they just give themselves titles and you know, one thing that I've done with clients, you know, is they're a VP at a company and it's actually an incredibly big deal to be a VP at wherever they are, but that means Only other people who maybe work directly with them understand how big of a deal it is to be a VP at that company. So it is about communicating, you know, projects you've led, value you've brought in for your company, you know, what you're good at in your job. And yeah, so we're now in this extreme situation where we can't gather. And so your online presence and your consistency of presence of how you present yourself. So like, what are some things you can do right now? Because this is a lot of like big ideas. I want anyone listening to feel like they can, you know, have tangible things. So let's start somewhere simple. I talk about all the time, which is your bio. So your bio is one of the ultimate, I would say like the ultimate bragging spots. And I see a lot of people miss it. I think People, that's one place where it is totally acceptable and encouraged to brag. Every award, every accomplishment, full kitchen sink. So one thing you can do right now online is make sure, first thing first, all of your bios are consistent across wherever Mm -hmm. if a conference you know if a conference booker or a recruiter or someone can't figure out who you are and what you've done in a cohesive package in a short amount of time you know then they will move on to someone who's better packaged which that person might be way less qualified than you so i tell people to do a quarterly calendar reminder to update their bio, keep it in one Google document or OneNote or whatever you use. And everyone needs a long, a short, and a two-line bio. Long bio, kitchen sink, everything. I want every award. I want you to remove like silly, fun references. I think I don't see the bio changing in terms of like something that all professionals have a need. If it's if it's something quirky that relates to your business or relates to your brand then that's fine but otherwise i would kill it and then a short bio paragraph two line bio goes on all your social media i think that's like a great place to just start and if you're having trouble you know thinking about things you've done ask people close to you to jog your memory or people you've worked with and and do it every quarter so that it's not you don't have to go back every 2 years like carol like you're always You know, winning awards or on X, Y, and Z lists. Like, I would want you to, and I'm sure you keep a running tally of all of that so that it can be presented. Like, the keys to presenting yourself and the keys to getting people to listen are repetition and consistency. So, like, those are the two cornerstones right now, I would say, are repetition and consistency. I love that. So, two ways
0: to get people to listen repetition and consistency.
1: Yeah, that's, that's good. I'm writing I love it. it down.
0: I love it. I love it. Uh, so in the book, Brag Better, uh, you talk about a technique that helps people get past anxiety. Can you give us a little preview of yeah, that? Yeah, of course. Learn by, by of course,
1: of course. School? I know I want to do like story time and just start reading my book to people, but I feel like uh, my publisher might have a problem with that. Yeah. So first of all, blanket, you're so not alone in your discomfort with these feelings that this is what I do for a living. If it were easy, if everyone was good at it, I wouldn't have a job. And we also have this mixed up idea that you should know how to do these things, maybe because it falls along soft skills or whatever you want to you know, call it. But you, you should know how to do these things. And I have spoken to thousands of people. And there are two people I can think of, maybe one in the thousands I've spoken to about this concept over the past decade that have said to me, Oh, I'm fine. Everyone else is like, oh, I'm so bad at that. And like household names, like, oh my God, I'm so bad at that. I'm like, well, yeah, but that's okay. Like, what I'm teaching is not rocket science. Mm -hmm. Like, what's much harder is taking the time to put in the work, get the degrees, you know, make sure you know your stuff, which you definitely do if you identify with the qualified quiet, which I would say most of us are to some degree. So it's a learned skill set and it's scary and it's hard, but it is about dipping a toe in. So, you know, I hope that the whole thing reduces anxiety. When you're doing new hard things, they often create anxiety and it's scary to put yourself out there. But I would say, you know, one thing I really cared about with Brag Better was it wasn't just sentiment. I care that you feel better, but I also, like, these are all deeply tangible skill sets and, you know, techniques and, you know, things that you can do. So, One small thing, like depending on where you are, like whether it's I'll use an extreme example, but I talk in the book about how I counseled a whole firm and there were a bunch of junior members and one in particular, she needed to speak up more in meetings. So whether that is genuinely, and not all of this is for entrepreneurs, like we're entrepreneurs and, you know, know how to ask for certain things. But if you're in a larger organization, you know, maybe it's writing down one question to contribute to the all hands meeting or, you know, your pods meeting once a week and being able to raise your hand and do it. Like it can be a very small action. I'm not Mm -hmm. asking you to like go on TV. I'm asking you to at least just, even if you say to your coworker at the end of the week, like, Hey, I'm really proud of that. Like, you know, X, Y, and Z call I had with the client. Like, I think it went really well, even that interpersonally. And then starting to brag better for others, like saying to that coworker, like, Hey, I noticed you really killed that presentation. Like I'd love to, you know, tell our boss about it if you need me to. Or, you know, there's so much we can do together that's really important as well. So, you know, in terms of the anxiety factor, I understand it. This will go into why it feels anxious, you know, it feels anxiety provoking. It all makes complete sense. The anxiety is incredibly normal with all of these activities. Like that's why I do this. Why that's why I wrote this book. So I think one thing that alleviates it though is everyone feels scared about this. It's pretty universal. And even people that are on TV all the time or speaking all the time will tell you they still get nervous. Like I want to throw up at the beginning of every speech, but I still get on a plane and, and do the speech. You know, at this point you've given so many speeches, Karen, done so much TV and all of those things. But I mean, it's still to some degree you get probably a little bit because you give a shit.
0: Well, it's interesting. I I actually I always tell people that you know I was always a very social person, but and much to many people's surprise, and maybe as I looked deeply at myself, I was really afraid of public speaking. And I think for me, I mean, it you know touches on many things that you talk about in this book too. But it was just my own, you know, probably confidence somewhere in there too, that I just thought like I'm on stage I'm in front of these people and I'm being judged in some way. And so I finally decided that I would do a talk. And what's interesting, the thing that I never really knew was like the issue that I was most afraid of was following a a deck. Like, Mm -hmm. Like that was the thing for me that was just like, and again, I used to think that it actually was about public speaking, but it was yeah. really less about that. It was more about the i don't I don't use decks at all right and so and so it was interesting because I did a deck for the first kind of big talk that I did, and then I got called. there was somebody in the audience, and they saw me speak, and they reached out mm-hmm. and they wanted me to do this presentation and I said, you know, I I just don't really have time to kind of prepare and it's a little bit different than the presentation that you saw me give. And they said, Oh, well, there's no decks. And I said, wait, what? Like I, there's no deck. And, and so part of it really terrified me, but then the other part of me, I thought, well, okay, well, there's no deck, so I'll just get up there and go do it. And like you said, I mean, I felt super nauseous, like right before I got up there and did it. And it was my best talk because what I realized about me was that, and I think this is really true for, you know, lots of people, but I'm good at reading audiences. And so Mm -hmm. when I would get up and no matter how much people had prepared me, about who I was going to be speaking to, whether that was, you know, a group of tech people, a group of, you know, at home mothers at, you know, like whatever it was, they really didn't get the same kind of perception that I got from, you know, that audience. And so what I really felt like was, was the key thing was that, you know, I had to have the ability to change a little bit once I got up there. And if I Mm -hmm. had this Thing written in stone. It was really, really hard for me. So by the third time I got called to do a presentation, I said, well, I don't really have time to do a deck. So would it be okay if I did it without a deck? And they said, oh no, we, we actually need a deck. And I said, you know, the only way that I'll be able to do it is because I have a full-time job as a CEO is to actually do it without the deck. And they said, oh, okay, we'll see how it goes. And then after that, the conference now they don't do decks at all because they were like it was so much better it was real it was like you yeah
1: decks me, I don't speak with decks for a similar reason but also it's just like so much extra consideration I get totally. like I have I am very savvy but I'm very very technologically challenged so I will fuck it up you know I guess I'll have like one slot because they're be like oh do you need AV I'm like no I never I never need AV but you know I give out paper handouts. I mean, that sort of stuff is more memorable to me than looking at a deck. Like yeah. I've never sat at a talk and been like, man, you know, I really made that person's speech that deck. Like, yeah. no, it never no, it did. Good. If anything, everyone's distracted looking at this deck of like, people look at the deck, not the speaker. So, I mean, there are situations where decks are required and then I will get my clicker and deal with it. But, you know, I talk a lot about public speaking in the book and a fear of public speaking is more common than a fear of death. <laughs> and I Susan Cain, that. Susan Cain who wrote Quiet talks about her like crippling crippling fear of public speaking. You know, for me I avoided it for a really long time until someone wanted to pay me a chunk of money and I was like, "Oh, now I got to figure this out." <laughs> so I got a speaking coach and she's she helped me and you know, now you know, I used to noodle for days and now I'm like, oh, sorry, when am I speaking and what is it? Like, I'll, here we go. Like, but the preparation really matters, that part. Like, it's easy to put it off. And, but that stuff is scary and it requires practice and time and energy. And everyone's scared by it. Like, for, for someone to hear that, like, you would be, you know, freaked out or whatever, they'd be like, what are you talking about? Like, she runs this, you know, like, so these universal feelings that we don't acknowledge you know, it's, we're all in them together. Well, and I think it's the theme of everything right now.
0: What I learned from that too is that, and you know, you have a great quote that I read out there somewhere. If it's a great opportunity, you'll figure it out. I think that if you actually go and do that and figure it out, you may learn something about yourself. For example, like you may learn you know, and talk in really sitting down with Brag Better, but potentially also go, going to some of your events that you host. That there's other things about you that you didn't even think were necessarily things that you wanted to brag about, right? Or should brag about. And I think yeah. that that's the key. That's the key thing. I love it. I love it. I love well, it. Well, and
1: something you can do that's easy too is. I tell people to like, here's another quick action you can do. Email five people, you know, a colleague, someone in your professional circle, a friend, a family member, a loose tie, someone you like sort of know through association and like just someone you only know through social media and ask all five of them to describe what you do. And if they're not similar, then it's also about thinking about how you're communicating your output. Cause Absolutely. it doesn't all right. yeah. it doesn't all have to come from you because like a family member loves you and supports you, but oftentimes they don't know what you do, or a friend sees you as a friend and doesn't know what you do professionally, and like vice versa for someone who sees you professionally, but not personally. And you want to be able to like sort of blend all of those together so that everyone can understand your work. And you know what you've done that's great, but also getting a you can you can do some of that like sort of testing out in the world of like what you're putting what you're putting out there. And you can there's so many people that can help you. That's awesome.
0: So I always ask people, what makes you unstoppable? And I think there's you've said a few things, but what would you say is it what comes to mind? What makes Meredith unstoppable?
1: I'd say my humor is one thing that makes me unstoppable. I love that. And then I guess just my like sheer force of will and desire to wear great secondhand clothing. So yeah. I got to, you know, work to, to be able to dress that in my dog and make her wear t shirts, but they're not, they're not designer t shirts. They're just. And
0: we were <laughs> talking a little bit about this. So the the other side of your business, you have a podcast on, on that whole topic. So tell us a little bit about it.
1: Yeah, so I have a podcast called It Never Gets Old, a firsthand account of all things secondhand and sustainable. It stems from my ferociously buying and selling clothing secondhand for about 20 years. Or longer, and I have consistently made money on my wardrobe. I wear almost all designer clothing, 95% of which was owned by someone else first. And it is a multi, multi billion dollar industry that now I advise like VCs or other people in and around the area. It's gonna be a 24 billion dollar business by I think they're saying 2022. And Gen Z really, really gives a shit about the climate, and it's the most sustainable option is wearing stuff that already exists. So whether it's, you know, a deep dive on Chanel or about thrifting it's just a really really fun world and hobby for me that you know talking about one thing like sometimes we don't acknowledge things we're really good at because we see them as not work necessarily and forever I just sort of was like oh yeah I have this insane well of knowledge about secondhand, like a you know not photographic memory is wrong, but like, I, I just like have cataloged so much way more than the 10,000 hours on this stuff. So it's been really, really fun to share. And it's obviously different from the brag better topic, but something that's fun and interesting and good for the planet.
0: I love it. I love it. So where can people find you Meredith?
1: Yes. So you can find me everywhere at Meredith Feynman on all the social medias. And please order Brag Better. If you go to brag-better.com, you can order it from the big guy or one of your local bookstores. Audiobook, just finished recording. Kindle, Skywriting version, however you can get it to you. And, and I really hope you like it. I, I interviewed so many people in this book with many, many different points of view, whether that's, you know, gender, age, level of seniority, ability sexuality, all those things just really, I care to, you know, the most important thing to leave people with is just to pass the mic when, when someone listens to you, then use that to help someone else get listened to as well.
0: I love that. I love that. So this is really, really awesome. Fair last question, favorite yeah. flavor. <laughs>
1: I remember I like there was one summer when I lived in like so this was before I knew you. yeah and I remember like when I first I think I've known you for like seven. I need to look at the emails, but I want to say it's like six or seven years. I that's and fair. and I remember the first time I ever saw a hint. I was living in New York and I was like, this is watermelon water. Um great amazing and then I went back and bought another one and then that whole summer it was a particularly hot summer in New York City and I just drank the the watermelon hints so that was before I knew you and then I remember I was like oh my gosh that watermelon water lady I love it I love it I love it so well this is awesome
0: I'm so excited for your book and don't forget to pre-order brag hyphen better com, right? Can, yes. Okay. Yes, and or then just, it, Google also the on better. Amazon as well, right?
1: Yes. Yes. So brag, hi, brag. I always say, I have to say, brag hyphen better because bragbetter.com. I think I didn't spring for, which at this point I should fucking spring for it. Um, but, but that has also like more about the book, more about me, like snippets of content, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera.
0: Awesome! I'm so excited. So
1: very, Thank very you. excited. So
0: congratulations, and everybody get on and start ordering and learn how to brag better.
1: Thanks so much, Meredith. Thank you so much, Kara. Yeah,
0: thanks. If you like what you heard, please help spread the word and leave us a review. You can also follow along with me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn at Kara Golden. Do you have a question for me or want to nominate an innovator to Spotlight? Please talk to me at Kara Golden on Twitter. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time, be unstoppable. Unstoppable. unstoppable.